CJSR's bicycle draft reporter Carly Coleman joins me, Peter Chapman, this Thursday morning. Good morning, Carly. How are you? Hello, Peter. I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. You uh, rode in and you saw how many cyclists? It's three more since I chatted with you last, so I saw a total of 18. 18. Now, 18 this time of year, still on the fringes of the wintry weather, and then there's that threat of snow and rain. And I know some weather apps are saying snow for today, even though it's really just snow, rain. Um, so we kind of talked about the, the putting some people off, but otherwise pretty, pretty good. Yeah, what I did find is that I'm riding my Brompton because my other bike got a flat tire and I'm lazy. <laughs> now, a Brompton is a... Foldable. Okay. A foldable bike. You can fold it into a box, like a little wee tiny cereal box almost. But when you wear uh, big mitts, it's really hard to do that. Oh. <laughs> I have to say I felt a bit like a clown trying to undo my bike to put it in its cereal box. Every day is an adventure, and especially more so when you ride with your Brompton. This morning, we're kind of talking about adventures and, and about how we find stories around bicycling. And we're joined this morning by Molly Herford, who writes a bicycling magazine, Roots Rated, Map My Fitness, Nylon. She's written books, Saddle Sore, Ride Comfortable, Ride Happy, Mud, Snow, and Cyclocross. And she also wrote the book, Ride Your Sorry, Fuel Your Ride. She also podcasts, a consumer athlete, and she uh, has a, her own blog, theoutdooredit.com. Molly Herford, good morning. Good morning. Oh my gosh, when you list it like that, it sounds kind of ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's a lot of outlets for your work. Uh, it seems like you never stop writing. How are you so productive? Like, did you come out of the womb on your bike? What did what happened? Uh, I think I came out of the womb with a pen in one hand and a book in the other. It's actually probably the more. Uh, <laughs> more rational explanation. I didn't really get into athletics until I was in about a decade ago when I turned 20, uh, but I've always been a writer. <laughs> I think I was four years old saying I was going to be a writer. So, cool. more the writing informed the, uh, <laughs> the adventuring, and then that kind of became part of my life, too. So, are these the same motivations that get you out riding uh, your bicycle and running? Like, Peter and I were talking about when you wake up in the morning and you're lying there thinking the news reporter's telling you the weather's shitty, and you think, <laughs> oh, I need milk, or I have a race today, or what, like, what does that Oh, man. Well, part of it is because I know I'm writing about it. And if I'm writing about, like, you know, the 10 reasons you should ride your bike in the rain or run in the rain or anything like that, it's sort of lame if I'm bailing <laughs> on doing it. It's kind of embarrassing. Okay, pointing. So, yeah, it's, it's really more because I'm, I'm terrified that someone is going to find out that I didn't ride or run in the bad weather. So I'm like, oh, crap. Like, if I don't run today or ride today, like... I can't write about it. If I can't write about it, you know, oh my gosh, I'm not a cyclist. And how do I, what am I going to write then? So if you start, totally change careers. <laughs> if you started out more with the writing theme, why, how did you end up being so focused more on, on the active lifestyle side of things and on the bicycling and on, on, on the running? Uh, honestly, I had an amazing cycling team in college. My dad was a triathlete back in the 80s. So when I hit college and I was like, oh, man, I need to get in shape. Like, I'm not gaining weight. Uh, I immediately was just like, okay, triathlon, because that was literally, like, the sport that I knew. And that was about it. Um, I was an ex-Irish dancer, so sports were not really my thing. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm going to do a triathlon. And... I think I must just have, like, the type A personality that, like, does something and gets, like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the best I can. I'm going to do it. Now I need to do another one. Now I need to do a longer one. 
so that kind of kept going, and then I joined my collegiate cycling team, and that was the best bunch of guys in the universe, and the lifestyle of going to races and, you know, blogging about that kind of hooked me. It sort of progressed from there, and then I was writing for other magazines, and then I found my way to bicycling, and I always knew I wanted to write books, so I started writing books on cycling, and... <laughs> Yeah, it all kind of snowballed, I guess, in a really, really crazy kind of way. So you can you can share with us, is it really an ex-Irish dancer? Or do you just break that out at parties? I totally break that out at parties. <laughs> I actually was just thinking, I'm really upset that at my wedding I didn't have um, the DJ play any, like, Flogging Molly or any, any Irish music that I could have danced to, because I really should have busted it out. <laughs> you are never an ex-Irish dancer. You're <laughs> no, one, once an Irish dancer, always an Irish dancer. Yeah. Perhaps a recovered Especially on St. Patrick's Day. But you've never written about Irish dancing? No, I haven't. That might be. We're actually saying we should have a podcast on Irish dancing. I think so. It's also an, an article idea, surely. Seven seven reasons why Irish dancing will improve your running speed, or something. You know what? <laughs> I get compliments on my calves pretty much like on every ride I do, and I swear it's from standing on my toes from Irish dancing for those first like ten years of my life. Of course, of course. So, so, speaking about wellness and then your added adventure, how are those two concepts blended for you? Like, you have an emphasis on, is the emphasis being healthy to have adventures, hence saddle sore, or is it adventures that provide a way to achieve a state of well-being? I was so, I'm so happy you asked that question because I've really been pushing the whole wellness thing in, I think, the last couple years. Um, just as much as I pushed the adventure because, I mean, like I said, I was a super inactive kid, but then once I kind of found athletics, I definitely sort of went into that, like, type A off the deep end. Like, I was in a pretty deep state of overtraining when I was training for my first Ironman, like, four or five years ago now. Mm. Um, so I definitely dug myself into a lot of holes because I was so into cycling and into fitness and everything. And what is, um, what is an Ironman? So, Sorry, what what kind of oh, challenges? Ironman is, is like the most brutal triathlon ever. It's a two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a full marathon. I'm sorry, I'm American, so I don't do the kilometers very well, but I'm, I've been told it's a lot of kilometers. <laughs> so, yeah, 160k of cycling and, uh, yeah, the 42.2 of kilometers of, of marathon. And Yeah, so I did that five years ago down in Louisville, Kentucky, and two days after it, I was at cyclocross practice to give you a concept of, like, how ridiculous I was. So no, um, no break days, really. <laughs> no rest days. So I definitely did some, some damage to myself back then. So I've, you know, since come out of it a lot smarter and actually probably a lot fitter than I was when I was so, so overtrained. So now I kind of really push that wellness angle. So I don't think you can really do the adventure thing to the fullest extent if you're not with an emphasis on wellness. And I also don't think you can really have full wellness without some of that adventure. So the two kind of just go hand in hand to me. What does constitute an adventure to you, though? Like, is it your epic Iron Man that you were talking about, or is it riding to work, or what What does that constitute? Well, luckily, we have uh, my, my husband, who's a cycling coach, and I have a pretty, like, active travel-heavy lifestyle, which means, you know, there are, like, the big scary goals, like Iron Man, that are kind of, like, the big adventures, but then, I mean, 
really on any given day there's some kind of mini adventure in there uh, you know whether it's just the, like right the second word we stop to like see my parents so I'm home and I can go run the trails that I like you know ran 10 years ago when I first got into running and really love that and like I can hit up the mountain bike trails that were some of the first places I learned to mountain bike and that's kind of an adventure for me but also you know on the drive home I stopped in Flagstaff Arizona where I've never been before you know went for a quick ride there so luckily our whole life sort of circles around a series of like mini adventures and then the bigger ones does the pulse need to to rise for it to be an adventure or can you or are you kind of that adrenaline junkie who always needs a certain kind of adrenaline or cardio workout in there or have you what's been one of your favorite adventures where it's been a bit more mellow where you haven't really kind of pushed yourself Oh, I'm a huge, huge fan of walking. We are we are obsessed with walking, actually. So for me, I'd say the biggest one adventure-wise for that would be a couple of years ago, we went to Ireland for three weeks, and we didn't bring bikes. We didn't really bring, like, running stuff or anything. We literally just did, like, 20K walks every day. You know, really saw a lot of Ireland that way. So to me, that was one of the biggest adventures. And I got to spend a bunch of time in the Netherlands and in Girona in Spain this past cyclocross season and kind of doing some walking, hiking tours of those areas. I'm such a huge fan of walking around to see see places in a different way than you do when you're running or riding past. So I, I've had a few adventures. Just going to put that out there. Uh, and in one of them, it was such a long adventure that at some point I would come back to my bike and think, uh, nobody's stolen it. I still have to go on. <laughs> Ever have moments like that? I'm pretty much always grateful that my stuff is still there <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we travel in a van with most of our belongings, so I'm pretty much always holding my breath. Right. But yeah, you've never actually wanted it to be gone, that you've never wanted that rest day so badly that <laughs> why have you not taken it? Please, somebody. Just anybody. You I know, there's, fly. there's definitely been a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Peter uh, mentioned, we're chatting with Molly Herford, who writes for any bicycle-related uh, magazine that you can think of, and then has her own books as well. Um, what's the process for becoming a staff writer slash adventurous? Did you did you plan it or did it just fall in your lap? Oh man, I get asked that one all the time, and I will say it definitely did not fall in my lap. Um, I mean, even you had that first list of all of the different things that I do. That's all you know added in to make a living, and then I do some coaching on top of that, and we do clinics and talks and stuff like that. Uh, so it definitely doesn't just get handed to you. The, the biggest question I always get asked is, like, how do you start writing for a magazine or how do you get your job while well, you work really, really, really hard? Um, I guess that I wasn't write. really... I mean, that's how it came across, of course. But uh, what I really meant was, like, you start doing something and then people notice mm-hmm. you're doing that thing and then they think that you have some cachet or expertise in it and so then they come to you for whatever and then suddenly you have this this space I guess that you're mm-hmm. holding for your knowledge and then you start broadcasting out is is that more what happened 
Yeah, that's that's actually a really good way of putting it. Um, I mean, you do a lot of broadcasting, I'd say, before people acknowledge that you have any of the expertise or the niche. Uh, I wrote, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of words before more than, like, three people were reading them. Um, mm-hmm. I was heavily involved in, like, fitness forums and cycling forums. And, you know, I've been keeping a blog since the days of live journal. Right. <laughs> which hopefully no one can dig up because it was not good but <laughs> you know, I've been doing that for forever are you now at the point where you're you're making a living or is writers are so often the ones who don't see the pay rises from the magazines because they're freelancers and all of those kinds of things with all of the amount of work you are doing are you able to make what would be considered by many a living wage or are you still really kind of struggling on you know 30,000 a year or something uh, luckily, I've been able to make it a living wage. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not making what, like, a doctor would make. But, uh, you know, I, I do pretty well for myself because I think I've, you know, diversified and taken a ton of opportunities and, you know, pushed stuff on my own. Like, a lot of my books, you know, were sort of labors of love, but then they're things I've put a lot of time and effort into making go and make me money. Is it exhausting being always on always pitching yourself like always needing to to try and sell yourself to the next editor to the next or even the, the next story idea like how does that ever um, wear you down and how do you keep on coming up with new story ideas when when you do get some rejections and, and those kind of things like yeah yeah that part is definitely exhausting uh the more exhausting part is like accounting and that kind of thing because that's what i absolutely hate doing <laughs> um, the pitching is exhausting but honestly like I'll tell myself there are days when I'm like, okay, I'm not going to write today. Like, that's, you know, I'm just, I'm doing this other thing. I'm not going to work on my writing. Like, I'm just going to go hang out. And I can't do it. Like, words just need to come out. So, you know, even driving across the country recently, I had to stop, like, 20 times to write down ideas and, like, send ideas to editors and stuff because it just wouldn't get out of my head. Um, So you kind of turn into this weird, like, automatic pitching machine like Mm. there are times when I like wake up at like two in the morning just you know like randomly wake up and I'm like oh I could pitch an article about how a cyclist deals with when their partner is snoring (laughs) with apologies to my partner (laughs) 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 and that's how my brain works now it's just a constant like pitching thing you do it for so long it's, it's part of it's part of your thought process so walk us through your day. Uh, the reason we're asking is because we do the show on Thursdays and I splash around and I look at stuff in the net and I think, oh, that'd be fun to talk to you. But I really only have to do it on Thursdays. And you do it all the time. 24-7. So, yeah. So, so what does your day look like? You get a ride in, you eat, you have oh, convivial man. moments with your beloved. You like, what does that look like? Uh, well, first I'll say there's there's never like a really normal day because we're very often traveling. Like you caught me yesterday afternoon. We got home from you know a 72 hour drive across the country, so right. days are not always normal. But on like a you know standard day, I've got my like you know typical morning routine: get up, do heart rate variability testing, do some yoga, have some greens powder, all that wellness lovely stuff um then i read everything i have a million google alerts set up for pretty much every cycling keyword you can think of i read 
I think I have a news feed of like over 200 sites and sources in it, and I skim through that to see if there's any interesting news coming up. I throw some article ideas to bicycling and get article ideas from bicycling. Uh, so usually with them right now, I write a lot of newsy, like, you know, this video is super cool kind of pieces. Mm. Um, so it's very like on the daily. So I usually write like a piece for them every day, but then I have all of my like longer term stuff and bigger articles. So I do the newsy stuff first and then I get into whatever is due towards that week. I have uh, actually my first fiction book coming out um, at the end of May. So I've been working on that and the publicity stuff around that and working on the second book in that series and editing that. So usually a few hours of just that and whenever my brain gives up that's when I do my my ride or my run or whatever is on my training schedule for the day Hmm. Um, that totally sounds like my day (laughs) (laughs) we we try to walk and get groceries or at least walk and do a uh, sort of come down and talk about our our work days kind of thing Mm -hmm. my my husband and I and make dinner Hang out, do some more reading, check the news feeds again. Bam. Wow. So a lot a of lot your, writing. Yeah, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of your writings focused on uh, women in the sports of riding or running. Uh, do you uh-huh. focus on women's issues because you are female or because it's a niche market or because you want to encourage them or a mash of all three? Definitely a, a mixture of all three. I'll say it's sort of almost accidental that I fell into it. Um, in that, like, I am a woman, and so I was uh, I was racing pretty seriously for a while, and I had started writing about cyclocross for Cyclocross Magazine, um, and I would be at races, and women were coming up to me, and they'd be like, hey, like, I'm having this issue with, like, birth control, or, hey, does this, like, do you know what this is? And I'm not kidding you, women would, like, pull down their shorts and, like, show me what turned out to be a saddle sore. I'd be like, no, I have no idea what that is. Be a doctor. Um, right, right. <laughs> and I kept trying to find, like, other places to send women for information. And this is, you know, five or six years ago, and there just wasn't anywhere to send them. So finally I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll, you know, do what I normally do and write something about, you know, saddle sores. And I, like, asked on Twitter, I was like, does anyone have any questions, like, about saddle sores or, like, women-specific you know, things and whatever. And I got like 60 questions. Oh, wow. So that ended up being the first iteration of Saddle Star, which then I re-released last year with a lot more questions and answers and everything. Cool. Um, and just some more updated options. But yeah, I mean, it was just sort of, there was this, this opening in the, you know, in the market, I guess, but right. really just there wasn't the information out there and I wanted the information to be out there. So I figured out how to put it there. Cool. So last uh, last question, Molly, before we abandon you to your daily schedule, uh, <laughs> what are you currently riding? Do you have a favorite bicycle, and what makes it favorite? Oh, I guess those very, are very very good question. <laughs> uh, well, currently I'm on a Trek Amanda for my road bike, and I'm on a Trek uh, Superfly full suspension for my mountain bike, both of which I love very very much. But I think my favorite bike ever is a, I have a very tiny loose, uh, it's their Cyclo RX, so it's a cyclocross bike, but it was one of the smallest ones that they'd made. I'm only 5'3", which isn't 
That's really right. sorry, Molly. We have a we fire actually alarm. have a fire alarm. We're going to have to cut the interview because we have to leave the building. Molly Herford <laughs> is a writer who writes for Bicycling.com. Um, roots racing, Matt Mind Fitness, Nylon. She's written books, Saddle Sore, Ride Comfortable, Ride Happy, Mud, Snow and Cyclocross and Fuel Your Ride. And um, uh, I'm sure it's fine, but we have to go. We have to go, Molly. <laughs> okay. Thank Josh, you so much. Good luck. <laughs> Thank don't, you. Don't burn down the radio station. No, okay. <laughs> Theoutdooredit.com. See you, Molly. I'm really sorry. Um, we will be uh, back after a few tunes, hopefully, if all is just a fire alarm. If not, then who knows what will happen. 